Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the CDL Podcast channel. In this episode today, we've got some news coming out from IW Devs talking about the future of MW2, as well as some older news from way back that could have changed COD history. We got the race for uh, eighth place heating up. It got a lot more interesting this weekend with Vegas's win over Rocker. Going to talk about who we think is going to pull it out now as we head into the final week of qualifiers for the CDL 2023 season, which sounds crazy to say. Some other news involving champs. And then we're going to talk about some matches from this weekend, as well as predictions for this upcoming weekend. So got a lot to get into. Excited to get into it. It's going to be a fun day. If you guys enjoy this one, be sure to leave a like, comment, and subscribe on YouTube. We're at about 975 subs, 25 off what our goal was for the end of the year. So if you guys could help us hit that by champs or, you know, during champs, that would be amazing. We'd greatly appreciate the support and continued support from you guys. If you're on the audio platforms, drop a follow, drop a five-star review. That's all we got for the intro. Let's get right into it. Brock, how you doing today? Uh, <clears throat> doing pretty good on this Monday night show, which is... Big W. Uh, matches, I watched some of them. Some of them were stinkers, but some of them were pretty interesting, like the LAT and Florida match. Yeah, not the result we were expecting on that one, maybe. Definitely not, but the, the cash is up for it. Extra yeah. incentive. Yeah, I, I was able to catch most Sunday. I was able to go back, watch some highlights from some of the other matches, but as you all know, I was very busy this weekend. Best man in um, my cousin's wedding this weekend, so I was very busy. Friday and Saturday, especially. Um, so I'm not brushed up on every little thing that happened on Friday like I normally am, but got a pretty good knowledge base. And we're going to talk about that a little bit. Um, yeah, speaking of LAT, we can talk about them real quick right away. Uh, we did have somebody telling me that LAT was the only S tier team and Optic was still in A tier on the last <laughs> pod. And I was like, mm. even though LAT just won, they started 0 2. I, I, I think we have to, at minimum, put Optic in S tier with them because of how good Optic looks well. I'm going to go out on a limb right now and say Optic is S tier and maybe even Toronto's up there with them, but Thieves are not on Optic's level currently as we speak. They just lost to Florida. They're 0-3 in this qualifier. Yeah, they're having a stinker of a qualifier so far. <laughs> yeah, then they're, they're S tier talent, but right now, you can't start 0-3 in a qualifier and, and tell me they're right at the top. I could easily see them going to make a run at the major, but it's looking like they're going to start in losers. Um, I don't know. Mm-hmm. They maybe have to like 6-0 Minnesota and London, which is doable. Because they own Minnesota this year, and obviously London's a should be a win. My God, if Thieves lose to London, that's rough. Yeah. <laughs> but we got a little bit of news to dive into. Um, first thing, and kind of a funny note, in my opinion, um, Infinity Ward multiplayer design director Jeff Smith said um, that with the final maps to be released in MW2, they've leaned into maps that would play... Um, what is the exact quote here? They kind of leaned into maps that would play that style really well when discussing the competitive side of the game. So apparently for the final maps being released, they're leaning into the competitive style maps that they think would play very well. Um, you want to say what the issue with this is, Brock? It's a little late. <laughs> yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, that's great. You're leaning into it. But um, Champs is in like about exactly a month. And yeah. the next there are the last major is this coming weekend. Mm-hmm. And like a ranked play, as we know, isn't going to be completely dead, but it starts to die out after Champs is over because a lot of people's motivation to play um, comes from them watching and then they get excited to play. Uh, so when Champs is over, a lot of the player base kind of does die down a little bit. Yeah, 100%. 
especially with the pros, no pros play a game after it's over unless it was like a really good game. And now I'm going to go out on a limb and say that pros really aren't going to be playing too much MW2 when the season's over. Yeah, I just I just don't see them playing this game, <laughs> unfortunately. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's a uh, an interesting note there. I, I can't believe that they've actually said they're leaning into it and going to release them because I don't exactly know when they come out, but that's going to be so funny if it's like the week after champs, the new season starts and um, they release like actual good maps for competitive. It's going to be like another slap in the face. Like, wow, they, they released good competitive maps right after the season was over. We could have added them in if they were released right away. Mm-hmm. I mean, he can say that, but also like I have such trust issues with Activision and especially Infinity Ward that like, I honestly doubt that these maps they're releasing aren't even going to be good competitive maps, to be honest. Yeah, they just think they're going to be good, but they're not sure because they're not pros. Yeah, they're, they probably are like looking at, like I don't even know, like Hotel, and they see that it's played in all three game modes, and they're like, oh, this must be just a crazy, well-designed map, and they're like doing something similar, and it's just going to be the most average map yeah. ever. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> even if they did release the new maps in like, a week or two that the pros still wouldn't probably no. use it because it's too late way too late no, it'd, it'd be way too late everybody would be like it basically just it'd be like putting it expo expo was even like pushing it for how late they put it in like over yeah. halfway through the season you got to like randomly implement a control switch it out and i like i would argue that expo would have never made it in had it not been for like fortress being one of the worst if not the worst competitive map we've ever seen fortress control yeah literally, i doubt it yeah like, if that wasn't the worst map, I, I doubt that Expo even makes it in, so, like... The worst yeah, map fucking ever. <laughs> yeah, it, it's... For control. Interesting. It's it's kind of a slap in the face, to be honest. Everybody's like, oh, at least they're, you know, like, getting into that and, like, acknowledging that they can make competitive <clears throat> maps. Okay, well, that's great. We don't have another IW game for three years, so, like, cool, they lead and do it now, but, like, it doesn't really mean much to us right now, and they would actually mm-hmm. have to carry that over and do it in their next game. Yeah. Which we don't know if they do or not. No. But we are looking here at the next thing we want to talk about, and it also has to do with Jeff Smith, that uh, multiplayer design director at Infinity Ward. Um, apparently, he said Shipment wasn't supposed to be in COD 4, and it was released like completely by accident. When I saw this, I was like, sounds about right for Activision and Call of Duty and Infinity Ward. But it, he basically said, our multiplayer lead at the time when we went live forgot to pull it out, and there was no going back. Um, so initially wasn't meant to be playable in 2007 and apparently was quote truly an accident he's um i'm on the record and i think you're i think you kind of feel the same way but i don't actually know i don't know if we ever talked about it with you on here but like i am of the opinion that i don't actually really like shipment that much like as a multiplayer map i like like your nuketown way better Mm -hmm. um it's like kind of lower on the list and i think i rank it on like a tier list a lot lower than most people do in terms of like all-time cod maps but like it's a classic map. It's made for one V ones. It's made for custom games. You can quick scope. You do all that. Like it's an iconic Call of Duty map and it yep. certainly shaped a lot of people's memories around Call of Duty. So it is very important in the history of COD. Crazy to think that uh if somebody would have done their job correctly, we would have um we would have never had it. Yeah, that's just honestly crazy to think about such an iconic six V six map. But I, I shipment to me is like it's like okay to me, I guess. I don't yeah. really love it compared to like Dome or Nuketown for me at least. Yeah, it's like it's I appreciate it as an iconic map, but it's not one of my favorites. But I also can't imagine the landscape of COD history without it. Like it's one of those classic like Rust. Rust mm-hmm. is like the ultimate classic 1v1 map. It's like the meme. 
Yeah. Everybody knows that. But shipments like you hop on, you and your friend are like talking trash to each other and you want a 1v1, you hop on a shipment quick scope or something. Yeah. Or you go warm up on a shipment before you play some GBs. You'd go like both run around 1v1, just shoot the gun, warm up for GBs. Like that's just like a classic thing. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine, uh, can't imagine COD history without it. So good thing they made that mistake. They've been making mistakes all the way back since 07. And they still continue to do it. It was a good mistake. <laughs> yeah, very good mistake they made. I will say is uh, I played Shipment in Vanguard. It was a 4v4 game mode. I played not terrible compared to the 6 Yeah, 6v6 gets so chaotic. And then when you get like, I hated in Vanguard though. They had that streak that was like a napalm where the yeah. fire would stay on the ground and you like literally would just spawn into fire and just like repeatedly die because mm-hmm. it covered like the whole map. That was so stupid. Yeah, literally. It would stay for like a long time too. Yeah, it was, that was that was very dumb. Wasn't a fan of that, but you know, it's whatever. Uh, very important that it actually made it into the game though because you know, God history, like I said, would look a lot different without it. Mm-hmm. Um. Now we can get into a little bit of CDL standings talk. So our race for eighth place, like I said, heating up. Rocker at 160 points after this past weekend, and I believe now they fall to what one and two in qualifiers. So they beat London and lost to Boston, and now lost to Vegas. Um, yep. So they're at 160 points, holding on to eighth place for dear life, uh, and they play Thieves and Ultra. So Thieves, you know, like we said, are struggling, but you know, Thieves, we know them. They're still a very good team. Um, and then they also play Toronto, which you could argue right now looks like maybe the second best team in the game behind Optic. Uh, and then Vegas is mm-hmm. ninth place with 150 points, 10 points behind, and they play Surge, who had been struggling, did look a little bit better in their last match. So maybe a little bit harder than we thought for Vegas because Surge did look pretty good, but only 10 points behind it from what we heard. Vegas does own the tiebreaker as they're 4-0 against Rocker this year. So all Vegas has to do is make sure they're tied up by the end of Major 5. And right now, they would I would technically say they have the inside track because they're in a situation where, uh, situation where they win this game against Surge, they're guaranteed winners, and they'd yep. be tied where like Rocker probably has to beat both Thieves and Ultra in order tough. to make winners. Yeah, that's a big game for, for Vegas. I mean, yeah, Vegas would have to choke horrendously. Let's say Vegas wins this week to go 3-2 and Rocker loses both. They'd be tied at points going into uh, Major 5 with Vegas and winners and Rocker starting losers. So mm-hmm. it'd have to be a catastrophic choke from Vegas considering they own the tiebreaker and would be in winners and Rocker would be in losers if, if Vegas ended up somehow choking. But right now, you know, we said coming into this split with the way things were looking that it seemed like Rocker would have it in the bank. But right now, I'm not so sure. No, I wouldn't say that either. <laughs> I would actually argue that Vegas maybe has the inside track because I think it's more realistic that they beat Surge than Rocker beats both Thieves and Toronto. Yeah, I fully agree with that because there ain't no way Rocker's beating LAT even though they're playing pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, like even though, yeah, like you said, LAT playing very poor, they have like had Rocker's number on a different level this year. Rocker's beating them like one map. Yeah, it's like 15 to 1. <laughs> Yeah, they beat him on that one map uh, at the last tournament. Yeah. So I think it was a control too. I think it was like an expo control they beat him on. I think so, yeah. So yeah, they're like, yeah, 1 in 15 or 1 in 12, whatever the record is. It's very bad. It's not a record you want to see. So mm-hmm. honestly, I, I mean, I think Vegas has the inside track. As weird as that sounds, it didn't seem like it seemed like they were going to have to make a crazy run to make it, but they haven't even had to do anything really that crazy. They're just 2 and 2. 
and they bottomed out top 12 at the last major. So they've actually kind of limped their way. They were they're two and two so far in this split and also had a horrible major four and they still find themselves gaining ground on rocker. Only if they had a, a decent major, they'd be up to like 20. Even if they won, all they had to do was win one. Like even if they lost first round, just win one losers match and they'd be tied. Yeah. I did think the other funny thing was how they were saying if Optic didn't forfeit to Rocker mm-hmm. earlier this year because like they were should have been up two one probably would beat him because Rocker was not good at the time and Optic was pretty pretty good. Um, I yeah, do think it is funny that the SAE thing happened and if if Optic maybe play that out and win we'd we'd see Vegas in eighth right now. Yeah, it's crazy to think about from the first couple games in the season. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's kind of funny to be honest. Um, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but last thing we have to talk about. This is something pretty cool, in my opinion. Um, so Nick Merck apparently that um, the CDL is paying him to watch party the champs final. I believe it was just a final, from what it sounded like. I don't know if he exactly said it, but it sounded like it was just a final. They're paying him to mm-hmm. watch it. Um, he was saying like he hopes, obviously, Faze are in it because he's part of Faze, so that makes sense. And he said. He did say, you know, I hope thieves aren't in it. He's got his little beef with Nate Shot and the thieves. Yeah, um, yep. <laughs> he did say that, but I, I, I'm like 99 percent sure he did watch party the final last year when it was thieves versus phase. But you know, my question is obviously Nick Merck's massive creator, um, in not only the Call of Duty world but just FPS world and just streaming world in general. One of the biggest creators. Um, so Jacob Hale posted the thing. Champs viewership predictions, current records 335k. Obviously, I'm pretty sure that means peak viewership. Um, mm-hmm. I'm just going to click an answer. I'm going to click three to 450k just to see what percentages they're at. So we got 13% as of now believing that it'll be less than 300k, about 29.5% thinking it'd be 300 to 450k. The most votes with about 35%, 450 to 600k, and then 20, about 23% of people think it'll peak over 600k. Um, I do think it would probably beat 335k because I think if Nick Merckx is watch party and I believe probably Courage and Tim would also watch party. Yeah. I gotta think if Courage is watch partying and Thieves are in it and Nade Shots maybe hopping in. Scump's obviously gonna be watch partying it. It all honestly comes down to if Optics in it in my opinion. It's literally like if the top three brands are in it it will probably surpass it. <laughs> and I think there's a decent chance that between Optic with how they're playing right now, I think there's a decent chance optics in it. And then like if thieves or phase could be the other team in it, I think that they'll break like 450 K. I think I'd vote 450 to 600. I think they will crush it. Cause I think Nick Marks will bring in a ton. Scump's watch party is something we haven't ever seen for champs. So I think that'll bring in a ton. Like it has been helping to break all the viewerships. The regular stream is obviously going to get a good amount. If you got Tim, he's probably going to pull basically what Nick Marks pulls, if not more and courage could also pull a solid bit on top of, other watch parties, Zuma, the flank, all those. Yeah. I think they're going to break the record. If I put the asterisk, if Optic is in the final, they might even do it if Optic's not, just because Scump is still going to pull a lot. That's a variable that we've never seen, the Scump watch party. Yeah. So even if Optic isn't it, but I'd say it's a guarantee. I'll put my stamp on a guarantee. If Optic is in the final, it will break the record. Mm-hmm. I wonder if Optic and Thieves are in the final compared to optic and phase what would be more if you were i don't know i i feel like thieves and honestly i feel like cod fans wise 
and people that are watching the CDL, I feel like there might be more Thieves fans. I know there was that graphic that came out the other day of like how many fans there were. I think that graphic was so false that it wasn't even funny. Um, oh, like that? Yeah, that you're talking about. I know that it says that there's like, I think it technically tells you, where is it? I'm trying to see. Was it like every like one fan? Here like, it is. I found it. Um, so example for every Gorillas fan. So Gorillas are the least fans in the league. Rock, you are one of them. Um, sure so am. they had <laughs> roughly. So this graphic says for every Gorillas fan, there are 18 Optic fans. And it says that the second biggest fan base is Vegas Legion. 8.8 fans. So let's say. So that basically means that for every Vegas fan, there's two Optic fans. That is so cap. I don't know. Vegas is like that. <laughs> yeah. You're telling me that if if you like looked in a row, you'd see two Optic fans, then a Vegas fan, then two Optic fans, then a Vegas fan in a venue. Like, let's say Optic and Phase are playing at Champs Finals. You're telling me that there are only like roughly double the amount of Optic fans as there are Legion fans out there. That's such a lie. There might be people that are like rooting for Legion because they like clay, but there's no way it's only two to one. Yeah. Thieves and Optic, you know, I can believe that a little bit more realistically that that's two to one. Because, you know, I do believe Thieves has a mass fan base. Honestly, surprised to see FaZe all the way down at um, five. So for every 18 Optic fans, there's about five FaZe fans. That honestly surprises me because they're just barely above like Surge. I was also really surprised to see Minnesota down at like third to last because, you know, you just feel like they have a lot of fans. Yeah, it does. So, I feel like that's a little, a little inaccurate. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. That, that's why I believe it's it's not really a true representation of what the fan base actually looks like. But mm-hmm. yeah, I, I think if I had to take a bet, I think Optic Thieves would be the biggest draw. But I would definitely take an argument for Phase also, because like I Legion is technically the second most popular team based on this. But I believe that a final with Thieves or Phase would easily outdraw a final with Legion. Yeah. Hundred percent, and it all matters. Obviously, they all will outdraw anything if optics in it. Yeah. All right, that's about all we got for news. Though we can jump into talking about some of the matches from this past weekend. Obviously, like we said, might keep this one slightly more short, just because you know was busy with the wedding and stuff this weekend. Obviously, so I wasn't able to really, really dive into as much as I'd like. But we can talk about some of the the big matches and implications that they have. And there are also some matches where, like, the toilet bowl match, like, do we really want to sit down and talk about that? Because it actually doesn't matter anymore because the teams are officially eliminated. They have been eliminated for a while, but they're actually officially eliminated from champs contention now. Gorillas won. Yeah. That, I guess, we can it. mention that your boys <laughs> that you put four points on, they showed out for you finally. They showed out for the one time. <laughs> yeah. Joe deceives. <laughs> nasty. Um, I mean, I got nothing else to say for, about this match besides like Joe continues to prove why he deserves a shot in the league next year, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Exceed. Like may, may exceed, yeah, once again, good, good player. Yeah, I, agree. I don't think exceed makes it in the league next year, though. He's a solid, he's a solid player, maybe not like a league yeah. level player, but he's doing what he's best what he, for what he has. Yeah, he's like he's a good player, but I, I don't think anybody views him as like a star potential player. I think people do look at Joe. I think Joe reminds me a little bit of Afro right now when he was on that 
London team when they were really bad in Cold War, but he was picked up at the end of the year and he showed some flashes. Mm-hmm. I think Joe kind of reminds me that people see the raw talent and ability he has that he can pop off, and they're like, yeah, if I got him in the right system, he could be really good. So I feel like Joe has a chance to make it on a good team and really excel. Um, I think exceeds decent. Uh, and uh, the other thing I want to say is shout out to Assault. Assault this whole year has quietly played very well, in my opinion. Like, he's been a very good player, and like, people are roasting him because, like, obviously in Cold War, he really struggled on the Gorillas team and all that. But, like, Assault has very quietly been a good player this year. Yeah. You know, he does have some bad maps, but he's been overall pre- pretty uh, steady. Yeah. Like, I just pulled up the stats just for the whole season. Um, I mean, there isn't a single person that played for LAG this entire season. That's overall KD is above a one, which is kind of funny. <laughs> um, Assault is their number one, though. I actually, that's hard for me to believe that Assault's above Joe Deceives. It's so hard to pop off, though, when your team's just getting world starred every map. But, like, yeah. Spart had a point eight one, Neptune had a point eight two, and they're on here. Hook had a point nine on this team, which is hilarious. Uh, Exceed has a point nine one, RCs has a point nine two. Joe has a point nine six and Assault has a point nine seven. You know, for how bad they are and the tough role he's playing with two mains in their team, point nine seven is not bad. So shout out to Assault. He's played very well. And I wouldn't be like thinking it's the end of the world if some team next year that was one of the cheaper teams started out with Assault as their main. I don't think it'd be like the end of the world. Yeah. He's a, he's, he's a good player. Still got the talent. Yeah. Enough about those two teams that we just had to talk about in my guess because they did finally come through for you. Yep. <laughs> um. Uh, let's see. We can just go through the matches here. We can brush on Mutineers and Breach is a good win for uh, Breach. Obviously, Mutineers get 3-0. Big Wake pops off against his former teams. The AR duo Beans also popped off. Um, Brack was shooting back. Nobody else really was. It was a close hard point. And then from there on out, Boston took the series. But Boston looking pretty good. Um. They do end up falling to surge later on, so we can, you know, more focus on them. Mm-hmm. Uh, go one and one in the week, but I think they're pretty secured in for champs. But they're just still like, just still feels like they just can't get over the hump against top teams. And surge isn't even really a top team right now with the way they've been playing. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, I, I agree. They're still like top six teams, just can't beat the good teams. Yeah, it's. So, so odd. It's what they've always been, though. It's like so weird, even with the different variations of the roster. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. I mean, I respect it because like last year they were built like the last team, and it was like damn, they actually built a pretty good squad mm-hmm. for being like the last team. And then this year also, like their their team isn't bad, but it's just like they just don't seem to have that ability to just like, uh, like there are other teams that I feel like could put it together on a weekend, but like it just doesn't seem like they have the stamina. Like if subliners came back out and put it together for one weekend and made a run, I wouldn't be like super shocked, but I just can't see Boston doing that. Yeah. It's like, they'll always just like not be able to not have it in them to do it or they all won't yeah. play as well together, which they need to for them to beat the top teams. Yeah. Um, I guess let's talk about Florida just for one second. Cause they did lose to Boston, but they beat LA thieves. And like, when you look at the overall stats, it was a three, one for Florida. And the only map that, Thieves one was the uh, the search and destroy. So like the KDs are going to look insane for a three one, mm-hmm. especially because they got beat two fifty to one twenty eight on a fortress hardpoint. Um, they got beaten a close Zarqua, and then they got three would in control like quickly. So like the KDs are going to look insane for the series, and they do. 
So nobody on the side of Thieves was positive. The best on the on the team was a 0.91 from Kenny. <laughs> and on the side of Florida, Brack at a 1.11, Fellow at a 1.19, Vickle had a 1.31, and Cap had a 1.15. So like the stats in the series look insane how bad Thieves got outslayed by Florida. Yeah. That's that's the bounty match. Mutineers wanted more. Thieves were just like, nah, I guess. They didn't want to show up today. Yeah, they said these are playing for that big cash. We don't get a chance to. We we gotta we gotta lock in here and make that big cash from this match, I guess. Yeah, I'm not really surprised though at thieves doing that, doing this. Yeah, where has it been for Florida all year though? Like we knew Vickle and Capsule had talent as a sub duo. We know Fellow and Brack are solid AR players. Mm-hmm. It just took way too long for them to piece together. And I guess let's talk more about thieves for this one. This is, is are you starting to get a little bit concerned about this thieves team? Maybe not long term. Like I'm not super worried about them. I still think they have a chance to make a run at champs and win it or something. But like, it is a little concerning that they won an event and they just like completely fall off. Uh, a little bit. It's not like too much though. Just yeah, it's... I, just, I just don't get how like one like one one game they'll be so good. Although they'll win a series pretty handily against anyone, and then they'll just come back and do this against Florida. Yeah, I just, it's kind of like when it happens with like FaZe when they struggle for a little bit, I really wasn't concerned because, you know, it is FaZe and we have such a history with them. So I feel like I have to be fair and be like with these and not as concerned because like, I mean, they won back-to-back events and they won a world championship last year with this roster and they are coming off a championship at the last Mm -hmm. major. So like, I can't be like crazy concerned, but like, it's like, okay, they lost the first two matches, but to lose to Florida, who's been struggling for so long, like, ugh. It seems like they just woke up, all got to the facility, and just hopped on without shooting bots and played. <laughs> they got fried. <laughs> yeah, I just, it's such an odd situation. I don't know. But we'll see if they can bounce back this week. I don't know exactly how the standings look for them if they go like 6 0 map count to make winners, like sneak in as like the 8 seed, 7 seed, because they would be 2 and 3. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's certainly doable because, like we said, they played London and Minnesota this week, so they could definitely double 3 all that. Um, but I would like to, for once, see a team not suck after they win. Yeah, maybe Optics doing the right thing is placing second until champs. <laughs> yeah, just don't win at all, so you don't get that like winner's curse. Although, like, because like New York didn't play the best. I think they still made winners after winning, but they didn't play the best at the major. And then phase, uh, you know, their phase, they still played pretty well in the qualifiers after and made winners. And then from there on out, it was... Toronto won, was very bad, made losers. Thieves won, and then has been very bad and likely could be headed to losers because at best they can finish two and three. But yeah, Thieves got to yeah. get it figured out. Yeah, it's probably likely the, the, the losers for them. Yeah. Um, and in a team on the opposite side of the spectrum, that is our probably top team right now. Not probably, they, they pretty much are. That's Optic. Um, they have a convincing weekend, 3-0 in Seattle. Some big plays out of Dan Ghosty, a big series out of him. Mm-hmm. And then they 3-1 Toronto in what was a very good series. All of these maps were down to the wire. Uh, Toronto could have won all four of them. Optic could have won all four of them. Um, to me, I think right now, if we're talking just right now, we watched the two best teams in the game play each other in this series. Yeah, they were. The Optic versus Toronto. They're uh, close as can be, really. Yeah, and I, I mean... In my opinion, the main difference that we saw in this series is what I would actually say is probably Optic's strength versus Toronto, and that was the slaying. Slaying was on the side of Optic in the series. Um, 
and that's not honestly that shocking to me because I do feel like Optic's major uh, strength over this Ultra team is when they're both firing on all cylinders. Um, like just pound for pound, I think that Shotzi can slay with Kleenex and outslay him, even though it's it's close. Um, mm-hmm. But then the other sub, like Hook, I think can heavily outslay Hixie when it comes down to it. I, I trust him more. Um, I would take Scrappy over uh, Ghosty in, in the slaying department, but Ghosty can keep up with him on the right day, but Scrappy's going to win that battle. And then inside for Stashy, I'm taking Dashy all day in the slaying department. So like, I think that's what Optic really has to do in this matchup is, is win that slaying battle, and then mm-hmm. things will play out for them. And that's what they did in this series. And uh, yeah, they they end up taking it. Yeah. Optic best team in the game right now. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it was about 320 kills to 297. So, you know, about 25-ish kills, roughly. So, I mean, that's it's a pretty significant amount of kills in a series like this between two close teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially considering that, like, the gap in, like wasn't massive in Search and Destroy. It was, like, about 10 kills, but close in the slaying department, but they slightly outslayed them, and that's was probably a few kills per map might have been the difference uh, in the two hard points. Yeah, and, and Optic was down, like, I was at a 200 to, like, 140 on the Mercado. Can't yeah, it. they were down, had a nice little comeback, able to take the search. They lose a, a close control. But to be honest with you, 3-2 control loss um, against Ultra isn't bad on Hotel because, like, Hotel control is weird. <laughs> for Ultra also might be, like, the best team at any mode in this game. Like, Ultra is so good at Hotel control. And that mm-hmm. was a weird map. They were like speed running offenses back and forth. Yeah, what was it? Uh, what was that map I was watching with you? Optic yep. literally speed speed ran it. B got all four dead and all four dead A, and they capped it, and they still lost that map. After yeah, that and round. like <laughs> yeah, and that was the round five. I'm pretty sure. Uh, I, think I think it was round five. Because I, I know, like, round... I think it was because they speed ran the first four offenses on each other. I'm pretty sure they. Like optic one offense, ultra one offense, optic one, then ultra one. They won four offenses in a row, I think, to start the map. Yeah, I think so. Just a speed run of offenses. Like it was just a sloppy map. And you know, if you beat Ultra on Hotel Control, that's something different because they are very good at that K mode. Mm-hmm. Also, Scrappy loves just hotel in general for some reason. Yeah, he's a beast. Hotel respawns, especially he's a beast on the map. Yeah. Um I guess the Ultra, it's kind of like a whatever weekend. For them, for me, because, you know, they're ultra. They played Optic. That was their only match. It was very close. Um, mm-hmm. They look like an incredible team right now in great form. Maybe mentioned FaZe. They 3-0 Legion, which, you know, with Legion, the way they're playing is not something to just brush over. FaZe absolutely dominates. Slasher had a big series. Um, Selim had a big series. I think it was really nice to say one person you called out, Simp, had a one point, almost 1.3 in the series. Had a, a 2.0 in the map one hardpoint. We saw him go seven and three in the search, get back to the old simp, and he struggled a little bit in the control twenty and twenty seven, but you know, they were able to get the dub and he played very good in the other response. So I think it was good to see Simp bounce back after you called him out. Yeah, I love it. I love to see the the old simp the first two maps. That's what I'm yeah. used to seeing. <laughs> yeah, I mean if that if the old simp comes out consistently, watch out. Phase yeah. become a, a team to be reckoned with. And you know, I will say in this series in the map, the next series against London, he did go twenty-two and fifteen in the hard point. Um, he had a you know just a five and five search, whatever, um, and an okay control, and he did go seventeen and seventeen in the final map. But it was just an absolute blowout hundred point club, so it's kind of hard to judge anything yeah. um, on that map. But hey, 
good good weekend out of phase. They go two and zero in a weekend. They should go two and zero. You can't blame them for beating two two teams that are in front of them. Yeah, I agree. Um, last team. Let's talk about the last match here. Vegas versus Rocker. A huge win for Vegas. Um, they would have been pretty down. Uh, Rocker would have been two and one with a, a decent chance to make winners with just one win this weekend. Vegas would have been one and three, pretty much eliminated from winners and down twenty points. So they had to win this. They're down in that embassy hard point and down to one in the series. They rip off a huge comeback. Standy pops off. Temp pops off on that map. Um, and then game five, even though he wasn't having the best series in game five, Clay comes out. He steps up. He goes 11 and four. Temp goes 11 and three. Um, the pioneer TJ goes six and five. And Standy was like, you know what? I did enough in the map four. I'm just going to cool it with 190 <laughs> damage. He just, chills, he just sit in there. <laughs> But a huge win from Vegas. Uh, I would say arguably the biggest uh, like qualifying match victory of the season for any team almost. Yeah, big W. Yeah, I mean, they lose this one. They're probably headed to losers, and Minnesota have an inside track to winners, and Minnesota would be up 20 points. Like This would be a disaster. Mm-hmm. Vegas loses this, and they clutch up when it matters most. So shout out to Vegas. I'm so glad they won. Even though everybody knows I, I do like the cheer for Minnesota because of you know how close we are and how how I like other orgs run, but like, I mean, I think you, me, everyone, we want to see Vegas with this match to make things more interesting for the major. Yeah, we don't want to see the eight teams basically locked up heading into the major. We want Vegas to be in winners. Rock. I mean, screw it. If I get the best of both worlds, Vegas and Rocker both make winners. Um, and Vegas is down like ten points, and it's just a run to see who can go further. And whoever goes further makes the champs. Mm-hmm. But Again, in my ideal world, they both make it. They both make winners, and then let's just say like Minnesota wins. They go all the way to the finals and beat Vegas in the finals. Yeah, I mean, the absolute <laughs> ideal world, yeah, is that they both make finals. And then actually, you know, what would be interesting is if they both made finals, we were about to say they'd be playing for a spot of champs. But like low key, if they both made finals and Boston bowed out like top 12 or top eight, they probably both would jump Boston. Yeah, because Boston's only like 20 points ahead right now. They're only like 20, 30 points ahead. Yeah. Ooh. I think we might have lost Brock for a second. I think we lost you for a second. What'd you say? I said they're only like up 20 points right now. Boston is. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought. So it was like, yeah, we were saying like they'd be playing for a spot at champs for the final. But actually, in that situation, unless Boston made a run to like top four also, Boston mm-hmm. would probably be eliminated in that situation, which would be crazy. A crazy turn of events that both Vegas and Legion would end up making it. I'm going to yeah. go on a limb, though, and say that Vegas uh, and Minnesota will not meet the final of Major 5. Old prediction. You might be right. <laughs> <laughs> if, if, I'm, if I'm somehow wrong um, and these two teams meet the final, that'd be, that'd be something. That'd just be the end all. <laughs> yeah, that would be, that would be insane. Um, we could move on to predictions, though, if you're ready to rock it. Yep, I'm, I'm good. Sort all of. right. Let's talk predictions. Um, the standings for this major, um, we're both doing very well. So this past weekend in our little point scale, I got 14. Brock got 11, which, I mean, we mentioned it last week, but like nine was Brock's second highest week ever. 11 now becomes his second highest week ever uh, behind that final week of major four. And 14 is what I got, becomes my new third highest ever on the season like this is a very good couple weeks for us you're at 20 um and i'm at 26 for our scores so 20 is already one off your high which was last major 
let's jump into it. Uh, our first match, I don't want to spend a lot of time on, though. Uh, we got another toilet bowl. We got Florida versus London. I'll go out and I'll say I'm taking Florida 3-2. And I'm only going to put one point on it because you never know who to bet on with these two teams that are just dead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Man, another, another toilet bowl part three. Yeah, we keep getting toilet bowl like match one of the day on, on Fridays. <laughs> I'm going to go Florida 3-1, and I'll put one point. Florida 3-1, one point. All right. It's a little different map count than me. Uh, let's move on from that toilet bowl we got in that first match, though. Um, then the second match of the day, a crucial one, honestly. Like we said, as it comes towards champs qualification, it's Minnesota versus LAT. If there was ever a chance for Minnesota to beat LAT, it's got to be here, right, with LAT being 0-3. Mm-hmm. So far in the split, really struggling. Uh, they have dominated Minnesota this year, like we said, though. And I'm going to say that doesn't change. I still just like this LAT team to beat Minnesota. I was going to pick a 3-2, but with how much success they've had against them, I think it's just a mental block probably for Minnesota at this point. So I'm going to say LAT 3-1. I'm going to put uh, two points on it. Although I, I'm maybe not as confident enough to put two points on it, but I'm just going to say... I'm going to because of just, just how much LIT's dominated them this year. It would take a lot for um, Minnesota to just triple their map wins against Thieves in, in one series. It's not very likely. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to say 3-0 LIT. Think they continue um, that absolute dominance? Yes, and put two points on it as well. All right, I like it. It's, it's just so hard to pick Minnesota to win that one right with how much Huh, yeah. LIT's dominated them. Although I also kind of want them to lose it for storylines. I really would like I mean, I wouldn't mind them winning one of them and having Vegas also win. Mm-hmm. That way they're like down ten, but they're both in winners. At the same time, also I it would be kind of cool to have Vegas win, be in winners, and Minnesota be in losers and they're exactly tied. If there was only a world where we could get them both uh get them both tied. And yeah. in winners, but that's not possible because Minnesota probably has to win the two matches this week. But that would be the world. Yeah, it would be the would really would be. Um, our last match, though, I don't know why, but I feel like I predicted this match like seven thousand weeks in a row. If it's like this match has happened so many times, but it hasn't. Seattle versus NYSL, maybe because like Seattle versus Toronto and Seattle versus Boston, they like all feel the same as this match for some reason in my head. But we got Seattle versus NYSL. Where are you leaning here? Mm. Oh, Seattle plays okay. I do think Seattle will take it three, three two, game five. Not round eleven, six four, six four, six so four. You one got one point on it. One on it. I'm like always known for picking Seattle, and I want to pick them also. But I'm gonna switch it up. I don't want to go chalk the same day as you. So I'm taking NYSL. I'll say they win it three one. Only going to put one point also because I, you know, everybody knows I like to pick Seattle all the time for some reason, even though they're not that kind to me. It's kind of like my LAG for some reason. I pick Seattle all the time mm-hmm. uh, or Boston this year, but you know, I like NYSL to have a chance to get done. I really do think this is a toss up series. Normally, yeah. I'd probably lean Seattle, but Seattle, despite their last win before that, they looked very shaky. So, kind of, eh, I don't know. It's hard to have a lot of faith in Seattle. NYSL also can be shaky at times. So two teams that are hard to have faith in, but I think it's kind of a toss-up, to be honest. Yeah, I agree. 
Then we've got Vegas versus Seattle. Biggest match of the year now for Vegas becomes this one. Win and you're in winner's bracket. You've got a very good track towards champs. Losing, you're likely in loser's bracket and things become a lot tougher for you. You're going to have to win minimum one match in order to qualify at the major if you lose here. So where are you leading? Vegas gets it done or Seattle uh, kind of crushes their chances? Big match, man. I'm going to go game five, round 11. TJ Halley. Brights are not <laughs> lights are not too bright for Tej. I'll All put right, two points like on it. I'm gonna do the exact same thing. Vegas three two, but I'm putting one point on it only. Uh, we're going to a lot of one points. Probably more one points than I've ever done in a single week right now. But <laughs> it's just such a tough match. I feel like there's gonna be a lot of pressure in this match. They talked about how like maybe there was a lot of pressure in the last one, but you know Donnie was saying how he didn't feel it. Like he just had to step up, but like. They're going to be feeling some pressure. Like if a map five hits, they're going to be feeling some pressure because they know how crucial it is for them to win this series. Um, Mm -hmm. I do like Seattle chances in the respawns. Although I think with the way Vegas has been playing at Harpoon lately, they could definitely take it. And, you know, Seattle does like to play embassy and Vegas also does. So if they square up, I do think there's a decent chance Vegas could beat them in an embassy. And then I like Vegas in the searches. So like to me, this is a situation where if as long as Vegas can take one of the hard points, I think they can take the series because I do think they'll get both searches. They just have to find a way to be able to force that map five to win it. Yeah. So I, I like Vegas three, too, but that's a tough one to call. It will be a good match, hopefully, like, like we predicted. Yeah, hopefully a three, two. Hopefully it's like you predicted down to a, like a one V one round 11 or something. That would just be insane. Honestly, <laughs> keep that be nice. So, yeah. uh, then we got LAG versus Toronto. Uh, or so, ooh, sorry, I skipped one. We got Florida versus Texas. Um, well, kind of the same caliber of match. <laughs> uh, we got our top two teams playing, arguably our bottom two teams or two of our bottom teams. So, I mean, what way are you picking optic? 3 0, 3 1, or 3 2? 3 1, two, uh, one point optic. Texas. Only one point? I know the two. I was about to say. I'm going 3-0 Optic, and I'm putting 4 on that thing. I was expecting you to veto my 4 on this one. No, um, you can't. I got another, a different one. I'm assuming you're using it on the next one, I was thinking. Uh, but I'm putting 4 points on Optic to win 3-0. I mean, they're best team in the game right now, and they're playing Florida, who's a, a bottom 2 or 3 team, so it's hard not to pick it. I thought you were going to veto me on this one, and I was going to have to use it on the next one, which is Toronto versus LAG. Uh, another, like we said, top 2, top 3 team versus... A toilet bowl team, your boys LAG. Um, I'll go first, and I'll say Toronto three O's here as well, and I'm going to put two on that. <laughs> are you oh, going to just? Are you going to be crazy and throw four on LAG, or what's going on here? This is LAG's last match, right? For yep, because well, they're eliminated from champs. Uh, oh, I guess yeah, last match of qualifying. They do have the tournament last. last... Oh, okay. I got to try to turn oh man, it'd be so much cooler if they had a lot less just like last match overall. They're getting three oh curb stopped and they're gonna go to the tournament and just get three out again and go home. <laughs> I've seen enough. <laughs> yeah, you're they did win they did they did win last week, but they're not beating Toronto. <laughs> I would be shocked if they did. I'll put four I'll put my four points on that one as well. Wow, your final four points of the season gets thrown against your boys. Yep. <laughs> now this would this would just be poetic justice if LAG came out and won this one now. 
It would be. You've thrown four points <laughs> on them all year. They've screwed you over all year. Honestly, the difference that you've had uh, in your trailing of me probably can be attributed mostly to just putting four points in LAG all year. Yeah. Uh, and now watch the the one final dagger to your heart. They'll they'll come out and they'll somehow beat Toronto. Honestly, that's how, that's how the script's going to be writing. <laughs> yeah. It's all, LAG's always been against you all year. Um, mm-hmm. Next match, we got Atlanta versus Boston. I think we're going to get triple 3-0s. I'm taking Atlanta 3-0, and I'm putting two points on it. Atlanta, historically, since Boston came into the, the league last year, has really always had their number. Boston was never able to come close to them last year. Um, mm-hmm. And, I mean, I don't know. I just like this matchup for Atlanta. I think they're going to come out. I think, I think they're going to 3-0. I could see like a 3-1 maybe, but I do like Atlanta a lot. So I'm going to go bold and say 3-0, put two points on it. <clears throat> 3-0. I don't know. I'm on the same win it wavelength as you. I swear, every time I see this, it's a, it's a, it's a murder. Yeah, for whatever reason, because it's not like I don't think Boston's like crazy overmatched talent wise. Yeah, like I think like Beans Awakening, you know, Vivid, Kremp. I think these guys can shoot with Atlanta, but for whatever reason, they just normally don't. Mm-hmm. The one that sticks out to me is Boston last year when they made it to winners and what are they, one of the majors. Against yeah. Atlanta, and they got curb stopped in like twenty minutes, and RC shooting bodies. <laughs> yeah, they they. It seems like every time they played them, it always seemed like they were like the gatekeeper. Like Boston was like, all right, if they can play phase tight, they could beat one of these other top teams, and they'd play phase and just get destroyed. And it was like, yep, they're slaying just not on that level. Yeah, which we were hoping, you know, with the new pickups and everything, big weight could help that out, but hasn't made much of a difference yet thus far. So you said three zero. How many points on it? Uh, I'm gonna put one. Okay. One point. All right, ready to move on to Sunday then. We got the Battle of the North, Minnesota versus Toronto. Uh, if things shake out like we thought, and Vegas has already beat Seattle to tie it up, and you know Minnesota has lost to LAT, that means they're tied up in points. Minnesota's one and three. That's that would make this an absolutely crucial match for Minnesota because a win would put them back ahead ten points and would technically give them the the out that if LA or if Vegas gets double first rounded. No matter what they do, they'd still be in it. Like Minnesota would technically have like a slight advantage, even though they'd be in losers. But Minnesota versus Toronto, you think Minnesota can give themselves a slight lead going into the major? You think Toronto takes them out? I think Toronto will take them out. Pretty, I'll be a close game though. Three to two. Toronto wins, and I'll put two points on it. I agree. I think Toronto takes them out. I don't think it's as close though. I think it's a three-one. I think we see some close maps. I think Toronto kind of comes out and dominates them in the map one, and I think we see a close map two, three, and four. But I think in the end, I'm going to say Minnesota somehow, despite the fact that they've struggled in it, I think they take the search. And then I think it's a like a 3-1 control, and then I think it's a really close hard point, but Toronto closes them. I, th- I think they handle a map one, lose the search, 3-1 the control, and then a close hard point takes 3-1. I'm just going to put one point on it, though, because you never know. With Minnesota being maybe completely desperate, it's always scary to play a completely desperate team, which yeah. will be Minnesota in this situation. Honestly, regardless of what happens with Vegas or LAT, like what happens with either of their matches early in the week, it won't matter because regardless, Minnesota should be. If they're not, there's something wrong with them because they should be in a complete desperate situation to win because they need every single win they can get right now. Yep, they sure do. All right, then we got London versus LAT, a match that, you know, the last day of qualifier matches for the season, we really didn't think, you know, a few weeks ago this would be a very interesting match because obviously, you know, it's been a, a rough one for London for a long time now. And 
uh, on the side of LAT. They've been so good recently, but now they look really rough so far this split. So London upset them in their their final qualifier match or LAT just take them out. Finally get a win on the board. LAT is going to take it 3-0 and go off to the major on on a heater. If they would in the first match, what I predicted 3-0 against Minnesota. Double 3-0s, you putting two on this one as well? Uh, Yeah. I'm going to go out and agree with you. I was going to say like maybe London get one more match, but I feel like the fight is kind of over in some of these teams. Like final qualifier matches, let's get it done with. We have no chance at winners. You know, let's just let's just roll it out. So I, I do feel like it's a little bit tough for some of these teams to find the motivation. You know, mm-hmm. you're not going to champs. You know, you're not making winners. It's the final day of the season. Like practice maybe hasn't gone as well. You could assume, especially since apparently it wasn't going that well before when they still technically were mathematically alive for champs. So, yeah, I'll agree. Exact same thing, LAT 3-0, putting two points on it. Um, then we end with the the sports rivalry, Red Sox, Yankees, Boston, NYSL. Uh, tight match, I feel like. This is two teams that are roughly on the same level. Who you got? You think Boston's able to bounce back from the phase loss? I think NYSL is able to take them out. NYSL, win. 3-1, to one, Boston wins the control, and Priest uh, goes crazy. Three to one, one point. Yeah, okay. I'll go opposite of you because I mean, whole we've been first day we had two of the same, second day we went chalk together with almost every map count the same, but one. Yeah, uh, and then today we have two of the same. I'll pick Boston just because I do think this is another toss up match. I'll say Boston wins it three two. How about in a map five six four maybe? Only going to put one because I, I I another toss up to me. I don't feel crazy confident, but. We got to make something different. Although I feel like there wasn't many ways we could really differ. A lot of these matches seem like it's a team that we feel pretty good about versus a team that we don't feel great about. Was a lot of the matches this weekend. So, mm-hmm. and then we also both kind of picked like you know Minnesota losing and Vegas winning because storylines. We want them to happen. <laughs> um, yes, yes, yes. We want that. But as you know, there's a reason that the scores have been getting better and better. I mean, obviously, early on in the season for predictions, your scores are usually not going to be as good because you don't know the teams as well, and then. You know, major two, we maybe thought we knew them, but didn't. So our scores go down and then, uh, or no, excuse me, major one, you know, it's rough. You don't know. Major two, you get to know them a little better. Major three, you think you maybe know them and, you know, things kind of go downhill. But then major four, you start to figure it out. We set records. Now major five, we're both on pace to potentially break more records because, you know, you kind of start to figure teams out and feel like we're at that point. So I say that now and then we'll both come out with like two points or negative points or something. That would just be a lot of upsets. A lot of upsets happening. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be a fun weekend, though. I'm excited to watch. Um, I, I'm really getting worried, though, because um, Saturday, my sister is building a house. She needs help moving. Obviously, I'm going to go over there and help her move stuff, but I really want to catch that Vegas match. Mm-hmm. Um I think we're going over there early in the morning and get some lunch. It'll be my whole family there. So going to get some lunch with my family, obviously hang out with them. But I'm kind of, you know, selfishly, secretly hoping that like by two o'clock, I get a little free time, like maybe sit down, watch that match. And then like, you know, if I miss Mutineers Optic and Toronto LAG and even Atlanta Boston, not the end of the world. I just really want to see that Vegas match um, without yeah, knowing really, what the result is. Yeah, really. The, the biggest match is that Vegas. <laughs> yeah, like Even the first day, like Florida, London. Okay. 
Yikes. Uh, LAT Minnesota, obviously very interested in that one because we want to see what LAT looks like. The struggles in Minnesota, obviously any match that Minnesota plays in right now is an interesting one. Mm-hmm. Um, Seattle NYSL is intriguing too because I, I do want to see how both those teams look because they're teams that I feel like are those random teams that you can really make a good bracket with because those are two teams that could make a run slightly unexpectedly, you know. You could see one of those two teams make a top four run. Yeah. So like kind of want to get a good pulse on on where they're at and then Obviously, that Vegas match, like we said, really the only great match on on Saturday. Then Sunday, we got some intriguing ones, though. I feel like Boston NYSL. We all know you love to watch NYSL play. Oh yeah, I don't know. I don't hate their players. Just I don't know what <laughs> some about them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and obviously Minnesota play Sunday. Like we said, interesting matches. But yeah, so a lot of like top teams or good teams versus uh, non qualified teams. But as we get to the end of the year with this current format some matches do start to get a little bit boring because there are just inherently teams that are going to be out of the race, mm-hmm. like Florida versus London. The only way that you can make that fun is if you throw some prize picks bets on it or something. Yeah, really. Because, is. you know, they're kind of out of it. Yeah, really, just really excited to get these matches over with and see how it shakes out and on to the major and then champs. Yeah, we're at that point of the year, aren't we? Where it's just like, all right, I'm having fun. You know, it's still caught. I still love... Just love competitive COD, but we're at the point of the year where it's like, get me to the major, get me to champs. Like, I want to see what happens. We're to that point of the year. Mm-hmm. I love watching Although, champs, seeing who crumples and all that, who doesn't, who shows oh, up. Yeah, champs is the best time of year. But, yep. oh, yeah, I'm not looking forward to that offseason, though. It's always harder to find content to make in the offseason because there's only so much roster rumor stuff. So, you're going to have to be doing a lot of throwback content and like drafts and like random shorter podcasts. Probably be doing like podcasts that are like half an hour or less. <laughs> but it's going to be rough because we saw that new date for the season's November, which means the CDL probably doesn't kick off till December or January. So season mm-hmm. ends now in early June instead of August. So we're looking at potentially six to seven months of off season. Yeah. So sure. you, you down below in the comments, think about content ideas for Brock and I in the off season podcast probably won't be an hour long like they have been recently. And we'll get Brock and I will get a little bit of breather time, you know, not as busy on the weekends. I will say that is the nice thing about it ending early is, I like to golf. You and I like to golf together in the summer with our friends. We like to play some basketball. We like to do a lot. So it is a little bit nice to have our weekends a little more freed up. Not that we're like have to be tied down to watch every second of every match, but like we obviously like to come on here with the matches watched and not be completely oblivious to what happened. Mm -hmm. And when it would run till August, we had to really pay attention at that time of year. So it is maybe a little bit nice for the fact that we get a little more, you know, time to go golf and stuff on the weekends. Yeah. hundred percent. Just go do stuff. But then once October hits, we're four months into the off season, still two, three months away from the new season. I'm going to be like, damn, why couldn't we have gone to August? Yeah. Because <laughs> it, it gets brutal out there sometimes to, to think of ideas. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I got nothing else, though. If you're ready to wrap it up, we're just under an hour here. Get the people out. Get on. Maybe go. I might go chill outside for a little bit. Nice and warm out here. No, I don't. I don't got much else to say. All right, that's going to do it for this one. If you guys enjoyed this one, be sure to leave a like, comment, and subscribe on YouTube. Like I said, about at that 975 sub mark. I know we've been harping on it, but Brock and I would appreciate the support if you guys could get us to 1,000 because, I mean, I know it's only 25 subs or whatever, but that 1,000 mark is kind of something special um, on YouTube and everything. Like, technically, I guess, isn't any different than, you know, the numbers real close to it. But for, for whatever reason, you know, when you see that 1K being hit, it's kind of a cool milestone. So we'd appreciate if you guys are listening, you're not subbed. It doesn't cost you anything. Hit that sub button. Support us. If you're on the audio platforms, drop a follow, drop a five-star view. We continue to see 
great numbers over there. There's a new feature they added on the Spotify for podcasters app where it shows your follower count on Spotify alone, not other ones, but that number seems to be, you know, increasing rapidly. Like it was uh, during the days when like we randomly went from like 300 subs to like 800 in a very quick span. Um, that's kind of the growth we're seeing right now on Spotify. So I'd love to see that where Spotify, yep. I'll, I'll, it's hard to, I don't want to expose all the analytics. Maybe I'll take a screenshot one day. We hit a milestone, but I'll say we're catching up to YouTube on Spotify in terms of follower count, which is really cool to see because it seems like it's maybe a harder platform to, to grow on. Because I, I mean, at least for me, I listen to podcasts. There are certain podcasts I listen to every week. I don't know about you, Brock, but there are certain podcasts I listen to every week that I probably don't even have the follow button hit because it's just not something I do on Spotify for whatever reason. I should to support the people, but I just like don't think of it. Yeah. Um, I don't really watch too many podcasts on Spotify. It's probably on YouTube. Yeah. It's just like you don't think of it. Like on YouTube, it's easy. Like, oh, I like this guy. Subscribe. You watch him like that, but like I don't yeah. know, it's not it's not something you think about Spotify. But even even on YouTube, I would just, I would always like watch the videos, but not, oh. not subscribe for a long time still. I just did that the other day. I don't remember who it was, but I, I like subbed to somebody. I think it, it was somebody in COD. It was like I had been watching their videos. Honestly, you know who it might have been? It might have been Hex. I don't know if I like unsub from it one time, but like I've been watching Hex literally in sixty fifty or before days because I always liked all those like vlogs and everything. And I don't yep. maybe it wasn't Hex, but like. It was somebody that I had been watching for years and years and years, and I just realized I wasn't subscribed. And I was like, damn, I'm preaching that you should subscribe if you're watching all the podcasts, and I'm not even doing it to this dude. So, like, obviously, it wasn't on purpose, but it is crazy. You're not wrong. You could watch somebody for years and just realize that you just, like, they always pop up for your recommended, so you just never hit subscribe on them. It's like, never think about it. <laughs> yeah, because it's like, either way, whether I'm subscribed or not, I'm coming back to watch your videos. So, if that's yeah. you right now, you're thinking, wow, I've been listening to the podcast for a year, and I never hit sub, smash that sub button. I know we got one of you to do it. Uh, that's gonna do over this one though we appreciate all the support um regardless looking forward to watching matches and we're looking forward to get on to major five and champs damn it so um thank you guys so much for watching and we'll see you in the next one with the final major predictions of the season thank you guys so much for watching and we'll see you in the next one